from the Wayne Sumner Studio. My recommendation is in honor of the British Bodie McBoatface. It's uh, Sonny McCarface. Broadcasting live in Boone, North Carolina on 90.5 WASU-FM. You're driving and you think you start getting hungry and you're like, oh, I have a Dunkin' Donuts app on my car. Why not I just buy 12 donuts? Around the world on iHeartRadio and WASURadio.com. It's astonishing what you've done. You managed to have a three-car pileup on a road with a speed limit of 25 miles per hour. Right in front of the police station, too. So, uh, congratulations. This is Loopy Radio. This is Loopy Radio. This is Loopy Radio. I'm Loopy. I'm Loopy on a Wednesday, January 16th, 2019. To all the students in town, welcome back. Uh, some of us are glad you're here. Uh, other people who live here constantly, ask them. They might, they might have a different opinion. But no, do welcome, I do welcome all of you back. I'm looking out at the rec center right now, and it's packed full of cars like it uh, usually is this time of year. And uh, I also know all of you can hear me inside there if you're listening. And um, I'm sorry, because for the next two hours, it is loopy radio as opposed to just one, the uh, normal time slot for a specialty show. I have somehow worked it out where I can get a two-hour show. And there's good reason for that. I'll explain that in a minute. But we got uh, we got news this week. We got Pinkertons. If you play Red Dead Redemption, you know that reference. We got some iPhone news or lack thereof, uh, and then a bunch of local news. I'm ex- I'm excited about uh, this week. Usually in a town of whatever thirteen thousand people, something like that, uh, there's not too much news to really talk about. But this week, there's plenty of stuff, and uh, it's the, that's going to help me get through this show. Two hours, two hours of this show is actually a lot. Uh, when I, uh, decided to do a talk show, I realized fairly quickly that, um, I don't have what a lot of pros have. What pros have are a weather department, they'll have a traffic department, and they'll have a news department. We don't really have any of those. So, I have to fill a lot more time talking. So when I do a one-hour show, I'm actually doing the equivalent of a one-and-a-half-hour show that a pro would do. So when I'm doing a two-hour show, which I am now, I'm really doing a three-hour show, which is the standard that pros do. And uh, I came here twice over Christmas break to give it a shot, and both times it went well. So let's hope uh, my first terrible collapse uh, never happens. Let's hope. But that uh, that brings me up to my, my first thing to really talk about. Loopy Radio is now one year old. I started this show one year ago today-ish. And uh, that happened because I put in a lot of hard work. And uh, you can do the same thing too at this radio station. We're welcome to all people. You can be as garbage as I am. But if you put in the work, then uh, you you can you can get it. If you are working out at the rec center right now, 
you are listening to a 21-year-old who thinks he wants a profession that only 60-year-olds have with a blues version of Happy Birthday playing behind him at 9 o'clock at night on a school night. But I'm, 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 I love doing this. This is what I want to do for my future. Let's jump in. Pinkertons. Yeah, so if you, uh, if you play the game Red Dead Redemption 2, you know that the Pinkertons are the bad guys. And uh, they annoy you a bit for a while. I'm not going to spoil the game. They do kind of go away. But uh, yeah, they're the bad guys in a very, very popular video game that is out right now. And that is causing the company Rockstar and uh, Take-Two, which owns Rockstar, uh, that's causing them some issues. Now, games like Red Dead Redemption that uh, Rockstar makes and Grand Theft Auto, they're both very similar in the way they play. And uh, basically, if you kind of think about it, Grand Theft Auto is a modern version of Red Dead Redemption. Or you could think of it as Red Dead Redemption is a 19... Late 1800s, early 1900s version of Grand Theft Auto, uh, and so what they're gonna, what they're having to deal with, is uh, copyright issues. So in the normal Grand Theft Auto game, there aren't real cars per se. Now there is a car that looks like a Ford Mustang, and it drives like a Ford Mustang, but it's not quite a Ford Mustang, and it's not called a Ford Mustang. And it's just off enough uh, to the point where lawyers for Ford haven't gone and tackled Rockstar. And so Red Dead Redemption's older. A lot of copyrights go away after 120 years. But uh, Pinkertons, not necessarily what you would expect, is getting some backlash from, well, the Pinkertons. The Pinkertons are suing Rockstar over the Pinkertons. Who are the Pinkertons? I don't know. They're getting sued. We'll see what happens. Boone News. This is flu season. Shocker. And the Daniel Boone Expressway might be coming in 10 years. I'm Loopy. I'm Lupin. Pinkertons. Someone who's played Red Dead for uh, several hours, and by several, I mean a good bit of hours. I should have given like a trigger warning or something. That's something that college is like. Trigger warnings? I'm going to warn you now if you just tuned in. Trigger warning, Pinkertons. Guess what? Rockstar, be triggered now. The Pinkertons are suing you. Pinkerton, this article says, uh, wow, I didn't save uh, where it's from, but it's made by a guy whose name I can't pronounce. So uh, Pinkerton, it says Pinkerton, the real life private security and detective agency, is suing Rockstar and the parent company Take-Two. The similarities start to... um, the more you think about it, uh, the more you could think that this might have been an intentional thing somehow, where someone was like, I know we're going to name the bad guys. 
We're going to name them the Pinkertons. It doesn't really explain why. If you think about it, it's a private security and detective agency. Perhaps somebody had something against the Pinkertons and decided to shed bad light on them during the game. Who knows? All we know is Pinkerton is suing Take-Two and Rockstar. Pinkerton filed a complaint against Take-Two, alleging uh, that the publisher has no right to use the name in Red Dead Redemption 2. As reported by The Verge, the cease and desist order was filed in December and demands Take-Two pays Pinkerton back royalties for using its name or a lump sum to settle out of court. Now, if there there really is anyone to sue uh, and you want to get some money out of it, Take-Two is absolutely the group to sue. My goodness. If you have a good reason... They they make so I forget what the number was. They made well over a billion dollars from Grand Theft Auto, and I wouldn't be surprised if they got well over that mark with this game as well. The article says Red Dead Redemption 2 features Pinkerton agents. Seriously, in the game they are Pinkerton agents. And Pinkerton is a real life detective agency. Red Dead Redemption 2 features Pinkerton agents referred to as Pinkertons throughout the game in a few ways. They're depicted as antagonists, constantly hunting down Dutch's gang and its members. That's the group you play with, Dutch's gang. Uh, since then, Take-Two countersued, saying that its use of the brand falls uh, under fair use and is protected by First Amendment principles. The publisher also notes Pinkertons have been depicted in other popular media over the years as well as the uh, fact Red Dead Redemption 2 makes many other references to 19th century America in its authentic portrayal. And that's one of the things that this game just is astonishing in the fact that it is realistic. You play this game and you... This is what... I, I don't know much about 1899 America, but from what I've read... The closest you're going to see to 1899 America in uh, video form is through this video game. And then since Take-Two and Rockstar made it, uh, it very much has parts in it that are very much Take-Two and, uh, and Rockstar, if you know what I'm saying. But if you just, if you say go hunting or fishing in the game, I mean, it's very much what it was like or uh, they have saloons in the game very much what it was like horse stables butchers trappers not that kind of trapper like actual trapping uh it's it's incredible and the story itself is incredible i'm taking a class right now for a minor that i might take uh and it's going to talk about narrative in gaming when I was a little kid and, like, Need for Speed is the only game I ever wanted to play, I would have never imagined that I'd be taking a class on narrative telling in a game. Or people who are older than me who remember their first games were, like, Pac-Man and Galaga. You would never sit and think, yeah, one day... One day we'll be taking a, uh, a class on telling a story through this. And we've, we've come so, like, they've been telling stories for a while in games, but this one just sets a new standard. 
Shout out to a friend who just posted on Facebook, don't lose the game while on air. Um, I just lost the game, and so did all of you. We'll see what, we'll, we'll see what happens with this Red Dead Redemption 2 being sued by Pinkerton. The thing you got to really think about, just the name Pinkerton, yeah, you can't. You can't sue them for that. It's a name. Like, you got to name them something. You're going to name it something real. Pinkerton is a real name. If the bad guys were named Saunders, I wouldn't uh, sue Rockstar expecting to win because my last name is Saunders. It just doesn't work that way. But you look into it, the Pinkertons in the game are, are bad guys, and sometimes they're referred to as agents. And um, the Pinkertons that are suing are a detective agency. So it's it's as if they're actually what's being depicted as bad guys. It's like a defamation lawsuit. That's the kind of stuff that I hope I never get sued in my career. Uh, like from this company, when we come back, iPhone. I love bashing this company, not in a terrible way, but more. No, I don't bash the company. I bash the people. So instead of a company suing me, I'll have, like, 60% of the United States population suing me. Great. We'll be back with that in just a moment. I'm Loopy. I'm Loopy. I don't bash on iPhone because I have something against the company. And I don't really bash them. I'm, I'm just saying the facts. And uh, I'll be reading here from an article that I didn't write. This is other people. I'm just saying it. Don't shoot the messenger. But iPhone is this thing in America that, uh, understandably, Americans still purchase a lot of. iPhone is American. And it's the first of its kind. So I see that. But just because something's the first doesn't mean it's the best forever it's only the really by definition the best when it starts because it's the only one uh, and and so i look at a lot of things when i make a big opinion on uh something like that i'm opinionated on cars uh, i'm opinionated on electronic devices opinionated on sports teams but that's the way sports is uh i'm not that opinionated with politics that's a whole other thing Nobody should be that opinionated with politics in regards to the specific people. What you should be on opinionated on are uh, topics, what you want, and uh, figure out what you are. And uh, the more you figure out what you are, the less you fall into a certain political community. And I think that's totally the way it should be. These days, politics are treated like sports. Where you pick a team, and that's your team, no matter what. I think that's just wrong. But with things like uh, picking a smartphone, I'm just going to be frank here. I think I have the worst smartphone currently on the market. So who am I to say any of this? I wouldn't choose an Apple product because they're expensive. 
because they monopolize themselves. And uh, I don't know. Part of me doesn't like when everyone else has something. It's just part of who I am. Well, here we go. Here's the uh, Chance H. Miller from somewhere. 9to5mac.com So that sounds like a pro Macintosh website. Here's the uh, the liner. It says, Another analyst lowers iPhone sales forecast, this time cutting iPhone XS Max by nearly half. Here's the uh, here's the article. It says yet another analyst, so apparently there are ones before now, is cutting iPhone demand for the first quarter of 2019. Right now, uh, it says as reported by Reuters, City Research has lowered the City Research has lowered uh, its forecast from 50 million to 45 million for the quarter, primarily due to weak iPhone XS Max demand. They couldn't have enough sounds in the name of uh, in the name of their phone. But yeah, it, you you look at it and you're like, ah, down from fifty million to forty five million. How hard can that uh, hurt? What does a phone cost? Like a thousand bucks. Multiply and then what? They're probably making like nine hundred dollars off the phone, and that's being generous. They're probably making more than that off the phone. Multiply 900 times 5 million. That's how much money they're not making that they expected to make. This is just a projection. This hasn't happened yet. But it says, while City is cutting its overall iPhone shipment forecast by 5 million, its iPhone XS Max forecast is seeing a much bigger hit. The firm is lowering its forecast for the 6.5-inch device by... Almost 50% for the first quarter of 2019. Okay, here we go. It says the iPhone XS Max is the most expensive iPhone sold by Apple, starting at $1,100 for the entry-level model. And if you want to go all in, you'll be spending $1,500 on a phone. How good can your phone possibly be? What can it possibly do that I don't know about to where you will spend $1,500 on a phone? I have purchased two cars in my life for a total of $1,000. I still own both of them, and they both are capable of driving from Boone to Charlotte and back. Granted, one of the cars has some work done to it, but from when I... First bought the cars, that totals up to $1,000. So you're telling me I could buy two cars and a $500 phone and be equal to the amount of money spent as someone who buys the iPhone XS Max. You can't say that without taking a break in there. XS Max. Entry level at 1,100. So I wonder what the difference is between 1,100 and 1,500. What costs you $400 to upgrade on a phone? Being Apple, it would be storage capacity. $400 for what? 
another 64 gigabytes. Do you know how cheap it is to make that these days? Do you know how cheap a flash drive is? I remember the first flash drive, first flash drive I ever had was required for a computer class when I was in like eighth grade. Would that be somewhere, somewhere in there? And it was like 270 kilobytes, and it cost like 35 bucks. These days, you can buy a 16 gigabyte flash drive, no problem. 20 bucks, 15 bucks. Go on Amazon, there could be 10 probably. All right, Boone News, when we come back. I'm Loopy. It's cold out. That's uh, that's my uh, tidbit of intelligent information for the night. You go outside and uh, you see your breath. You see a lot of it. It's cold. I don't know what the official number is right now. It's only going down from here on out, it seems. You starting to get the sniffles? A few uh, workers here at the radio station aren't at 100% capacity uh, due to illness. Here's a thing from the Watauga Democrat. It says, App Healthcare sees, in quotes, a significant increase in high country flu activity. A significant increase. And I've got a chart here that shows the stats between this year, last year, and the year before. And uh, 2017 and 2018 are fairly similar in showing where the peak starts and where the peak ends. We're starting to peak in that same spot. And we just took this massive shot upward. I don't really know what to say about this because... Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll say what App State says. Go get your flu shot. Now I'll say what I say, which is uh, for those of you like me who genetically shouldn't get that many immunizations, uh, you can skip out on the flu shot. It seems like I know as many people who get the flu without getting a flu shot as people who get the flu after they get a flu shot. I'm just going to be, yeah, you know, blatantly honest. You hear people you you hear of people getting the flu. It's it's fairly common for what it is. You can expect it to happen about this time of year, and statistically, it looks like it's happening again. Like it probably should. But I feel like for every 5 people I hear that get the flu, two and a half of those people got the flu shot. Let's do some better numbers. Out of every 10 that I hear, it seems like about half, five, get the flu shot, and the other half don't get the flu shot. But they still got the flu. And then you get the whole debacle that we had a few years ago where, like, the scientists come out and say, yeah, we didn't, like, guess the right strand. I know nothing about what goes on to that process. Apparently, they're pretty good at predicting what's going to show up because there's really not one flu per se. There are many different types. Just like how there's not one person 
there are many, many beautiful individuals. And there are also many ugly individuals. Isn't that nice? Every version of the flu is ugly. So we're starting the peak. So uh, wash your hands. And um, if you feel a sneeze coming on, uh, turn toward the person you don't like. Would that be bio-warfare at that point? That's like illegal. Internationally. But it seems uh, that this peak starts at the end of December, December 20th-ish, Christmas. The peak starts on Christmas, let's say. Merry Christmas, you get the flu. And then the peak pretty much ends beginning of March. So uh, we're, what, mid-January now? So we're all screwed. Um, the article says the uh, Appalachian Regional Healthcare System and App Healthcare, two different things, very similar names, uh, are working to uh, help combat the rise in local flu cases. Here's the thing I do know about the flu. If you think you might be getting it, go get checked out. They'll tell you yes or no. That's basically all doctors do these days. And um, and they'll help treat it. The earlier you start treating an actual flu case, the far better uh, better off you will be. So if it starts feeling like it's more than just a cold, go get it checked out. And chances are, you know, even if it's not the flu, if it's something worse than the cold, it's probably contagious. So if you're a student, and uh, especially if you live in a dorm, and go get checked out. Last thing you want to do is kind of be responsible for getting your entire floor of your dorm sick. Stay out of class, too, for crying out loud. We're going to get everyone sick, and two, you know, you're sitting there sniffing the entire class, or sneezing, or coughing, or crying. All of those things are distracting. And you probably don't look great. Not like that's important. I will say a uh, little uh, underscore here. This is what the article says. Influenza, commonly known as the flu. If you haven't figured that one out by now, I don't know where you went to college or didn't go. Uh, it says it's a serious disease that can lead to hospitalization and sometimes even death. That's typically for older people or people who are already sick or people who um, just have poor health. But I, I have heard of people that are in good health who get the flu, and for whatever reason, they end up in the hospital. So this isn't something to totally joke about all the time. It's a real thing. What do you think about the possibility of a bypass highway around Boone? Pros and cons in a little bit. First off, something interesting I saw about Grandfather Mountain setting a record already in 2019. For 2019, I'm Loopy. College Talk Radio. Loopy, without banned substances. I'm Loopy. So you know that thing, uh, Grandfather Mountain? It's a thing. 
It did not birth, or I, it wouldn't birth. Uh, it did not have a child that was a mountain, and that mountain did not have a child that was a mountain. So it's not like a grandfather mountain. But we call it, you know, it's Grandfather Mountain because so, it looks like a face. Apparently, it's hard to see it. I can't really see it. I see like one extra bulge coming out of the mountain. So it really doesn't make a face unless it's like some sort of a mutant. Or it's like a unicorn, maybe. A unicorn with a human-esque face without like a snout. Could be. Grandfather Mountain. Home of the uh, Mile High Bridge, because it's a mile in elevation, not because it's a mile to the bottom. You get up there and you're like, wow, I didn't know a mile was so short. That's because it's not. Uh, it's, an ele- it's an elevation. That being said, it's a pretty tall bridge uh, for what it is. And uh, you, um, it's fun. I like going up there. I haven't been up there in a while. You got the bridge you can walk on uh, Grandfather Mountain. They've got the uh, Highland Games every year. That brings a huge crowd to the area. You've got the zoo up there. They've got, like, bears and stuff. Kind of cool. It's a good place to go for the day. Especially if you've got little kids and you need them to run around. Make them run around on a mountain. That'll knock them out real fast. The Mile High Bridge, though, is a tall bridge, even though it's not really a mile high. Uh... It's tall, and as a result, and it's in high elevation, a mile up. People from the west are saying, like, a mile, really? So, uh, for us, that's a long way. And as a result, there's some high winds up there, and it it constantly uh, gets pretty high wind gusts that it can clock. Well, we have the record so far for 2019. We are 16 days into it, but uh, this number is pretty good, and it could stand for the entire year. This is as of the 9th. A week ago. Watch it already be broken. This is what I get for having a show once a week. The article from Watauga Democrat. Thanks Thomas Sherrill for this. It says wind gusts of 50 to 60 miles an hour. Could be uh, heard and felt all over the high country. Uh, about a week ago. The Grandfather Mountain. Saw a peak gust of 101.3. Miles per hour at 8 in the morning. Good morning, bridge walkers. 101 miles an hour. It's like a Roldis Chapman pitching a baseball, except it's the wind. And, uh, yeah, that'll knock you pretty hard. The highest recorded Grandfather Mountain wind gust in 2018 was 101.9. So this is just half a mile an hour uh, slower. The highest recorded wind at Grandfather Mountain... 120.7 miles per hour. That occurred not too long ago, December 21st, 2012. Uh, 120. See, I've never been around like a hurricane or a uh, tornado. I I cannot understand what a 120-mile-an-hour wind gust would feel like. You know, because you see... On TV and, you know, stuff like that, when, uh, like, storm watchers and stuff, they're showing clips from a tornado or a hurricane, and you're like, wow, it's really blowing some stuff around. And they're like, wind speed of 130 miles an hour, and you're like, what does that even mean? 
you know, to me, I can't measure, I can't feel wind and go like, mm. yeah, it's 35. You know, it, I can't really even understand what 120 mile an hour wind fe- would even be like. Makes me want to go to uh, Grandfather Mountain and go on that bridge and uh, jump when some wind comes. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. Also, don't go on that bridge when it's icy. Which um, happens a lot these days, it seems like. I reported a while ago on my show that uh, a lack of sunspots on the sun could cause a very cold winter. I'll look into the future on uh, if that's turned out to be anything. Clearly, we haven't had what they were saying yet when it comes to cold weather. They were saying it's going to be like a mini ice age. That hasn't happened yet. It's cold, though. It's going to get up to 50 in like two days. So that's not bad. And in Charlotte, it was like warm on Christmas. It was kind of... Gross. Gross is the right is the right word for that. On a serious note, though, I was kind of uh, picking at the flu a little bit. If you do feel sick, uh, go figure something out if you uh, have the means. Uh, it can only help you and it can only help the people around you to know if you're really sick or not. So do do go get that checked out. And they, they know how to diagnose the flu. I'm a skeptic on medical things because I have stuff that's hard to diagnose. But uh, for things like the flu or strep throat or bronchitis or just a normal cold, they uh, they can figure stuff out like that pretty darn quick. You can uh, get that result back the day of or when you're in the doctor's office. That's, uh, that's always nice. I never really get to experience that. So... Uh, do, do go get yourself checked out. And uh, yes, yeah, students, don't cough on people. Don't cough on me. I'm not a germ freak, but the last thing I want at the beginning of a semester is to get the flu from someone who coughed on me. Don't want none of that. We're still thinking here about the Boone Bypass. The Daniel Boone Expressway. One more thing before that, though. I'm Loopy. I'm Loopy. I'll tell you who is, though. If you, uh, if you had the capability to uh, steal something worth $3,000, what would you steal? Now, this uh, this article was shown to me by a good friend. We like to share goofy things. Uh, but this time, this goofy thing turned out to be real, and uh, I knew I had to use it. Frankly, this person, though, is going to get caught. But, so I guess the question doesn't really totally work with this circumstance. Assuming you could get away with it, and it was worth $3,000, what would you steal? I'm not asking would you steal something because I know you would. If you got away with it, what would you steal for $3,000? This really happened here in town, folks. High Country Crime Stoppers and Boone Police 
announced on January 9th that it is, a se- it is seeking the public's assistance in identifying a man involved in a reported theft, according to Boone Police. A man was reported stealing more than, oh, more than, more than $3,000 worth of Nicorette gum from Walmart on January 8th. You have a stealing budget of more than three grand, and you go and do it on Nicorette gum from Walmart. You see, um, sir, smoking is bad. It is. But now you have gotten yourself addicted to Nicorette gum. Either you're addicted to Nicorette gum or the black market is just dying for some Nicorette gum. Uh, I think one seems a little more likely than the other. Do you know how many, like, big TVs you could get for $3,000 from Walmart? Or, like, food $3,000 worth of like canned goods it's like being a Mormon you'll be able to live on that for like a year man allegedly that's the beauty of America we have this on video camera and uh, we still say allegedly I don't say that sarcastically that's a I do actually like that innocent until proven guilty unless it's some other controversial things that I won't say because college radio Man allegedly steals $3,000 in Nicorette gum. Now, assuming this individual has gotten away with this, I haven't necessarily um, searched much more into this. Assuming this person gets away with stealing all of this Nicorette gum, A, someone needs to make a comedy movie based off of this, Um, and B... Let's hope this guy was stealing it for, like, a whole group of former smokers, you know? Let's hope this is actually going in to help the community. This is radio. we got to talk about helping the community. So let's hope that uh, this theft of Nicorette gum will go towards helping people cure their smoking addictions. Because, honestly, I don't see why someone needs $3,000 worth of Nicorette gum. Unless it's way more expensive than I could possibly imagine it being. I'm sure it's not cheap, per se. $3,000. I mean... For the way I buy cars, you know, that's like buying six cars for $3,000. Good grief. I don't know yet, but again, I don't know any updates on this. This happened on January 9th. High Country Crime Stoppers and Boone Police... They're asking for your help in finding the theft, the uh, thievery of the uh, $3,000 worth of Nicorette gum. When we come back here at the end of this hour, we will hit hour number two for the first time officially on this show, this one year anniversary-ish of Loopy Radio. If you're someone who has listened to this the entire way through, also known as my parents, and that's probably about it, maybe Mackie Gallagher, but that's because I don't know why. 
Maybe it's because we're friends. Maybe that makes me a bad friend because I haven't listened to all of his shows. Oh, now he knows. I thank you, though, for uh, for sticking around. I also have a live Facebook feed. And I'm doing it partially because it's fun. And uh, a little bit as a warm-up for something that might start happening in the future. It is 10 o'clock. And when we come back, I'll explain what the future might hold. Might. Allegedly. I'm okay. From the Wayne Sumner Studio. How do you think when it says there's a 60% chance of rain? Because usually when there's like a 60% chance of rain, it rains some. Which would mean if it's raining, it's a 100% chance of rain. But it's really a 60% chance of rain. So what is it really talking about when it says 60%? Like if it's 90%, you expect it to rain. But it's 90%. That's not 100%. But we all we all know it's going to rain when it's a 90% chance of rain. So that's 90% as opposed to 100% of what if it's going to rain? I don't know. Broadcasting live in Boone, North Carolina. If, if the average of the earth is going up by three degrees... And Charlotte, North Carolina's average has gone up by like 10, apparently. That means somewhere else is going down 7. This is Loopy Radio, Hour 2. I'm Loopy. Hour 2. So I opened up the show talking about kind of what all is going on uh, with my show specifically. And in a minute, we are going to do it. We're going to touch on the Daniel Boone Parkway, Expressway, Bypass, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be called the Daniel Boone. Very original name for this area. Uh, we'll get on that in a second. But radio is what is what I came here for. I'm being all nostalgic today because this really kind of does mark one year of having this show. And uh, it's pretty satisfying. It really dawned on me today. That this is pretty much one year of uh, ruining the workouts of hundreds of App State students in the Student Rec Center. I think that's a, uh, I think that's an accomplishment. So when I when I do this show, I'm trying to be as professional as possible, uh, simulating what a real world radio situation would be like and so unfortunately for me we don't have traffic department we don't have weather we don't have sports we don't have news well we we do have sports and news but they don't do it in the way that a professional station would do it because we're college students so that's not like we've got 10 minutes of news per hour and 10 minutes of sports per hour. We've got it playing a few times a day, and we have a sports show, and we have a news show on Mondays. And then somehow this counts as news, I guess? I don't know. And so, I'm doing this show in a way that kind of simulates what it's like to do a pro show. I was an intern at WBT in Charlotte this past summer. They're a news talk station in Charlotte. And I kind of took notes on the structure of shows, uh, how the host kind of takes care of business, and uh, the way a show kind of weaves through the hour. 
And I noticed that for what I want to do, I could do about seven-minute segments. Now, I've seen segments for pros range between six and nine. And I thought I would not challenge myself too much at the start and go with seven. So, seven-minute segments. But a pros will do like four segments per hour. First quarter of the hour, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, along with other reports that the other departments do. And so I realized I can't do four segments per hour. I have to do like six. Yeah, I'm looking at my sheet. Six per hour. So really what I'm doing is an hour and a half of a pro show in one hour. And then uh, I guess I've done well enough to impress Dan Valley and uh, upper management in the station uh, likes me enough to, to grant me a second hour. We're on hour two now. And as far as I know, I don't think anyone at this school ever has had a two-hour news talk radio program ever. I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to see and hear more about uh, what history this station has. But as, as far as I know, this is the first time this has ever been done. And I'm honored to do that, and hopefully that's a good sign for the future. But yes, I'll play it again. Loopy Radio is one year old today. Ish. Kind of. Part of me thinks this happy birthday song is a little slow. But, um, I like how sarcastic it sounds. Because there's not enough sarcasm in this show. I just pronounced that weird, too. Alright, when we come back, seriously, 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 the Daniel Boone Parkway Bypass Expressway, whatever you want to call it, as long as this doesn't turn into, like, a Charlotte-esque fiasco of having, like, toll lanes, I think this is going to be a good thing for the area. It might not be the prettiest thing for the area. And I'll ask, uh, I'll ask some experts about if it's going to be the greenest. Whatever that means. If I developed, like, a green pavement, like, physically green, could I sell that? We've got like a blue pavement and a red kind of pavement and a black pavement. The red looks pretty cool. Boone Bypass, Parkway Expressway. When we come back, I'm Loopy. I'm Loopy. So, there's an idea floating around about a... An expressway dodging Boone. Now, when I first heard this, what immediately popped into mind was the movie Cars, the first one, the only good one. Great movie. Part of my childhood. But that's like the whole premise of the movie is that a bypass, a highway, 
Dodge is a small town. Radiator Springs. Man, I'm really bringing it out of the uh, out of the depths of the brain right now. Dodge is a small town and kills a town. That's the uh, that's the premise of Cars, at least part of it. And uh, we're starting to get into a situation of thinking: Could that happen to Boone if there is a bypass? If there's a faster way to dodge Boone or to get through the area, which would go around the area. I'm going to tease it a little more. Before that, the one thing that I meant to say at the very beginning of the show, and I also meant to say last segment, but it kept evading my mind, and I always remember it, the break right after. It's one of those like, oh, you idiot moments. I am Facebook streaming this right now, A, because it's fun, B, because I found an ancient webcam in a drawer at my house in Charlotte. I believe it's 480p. That went out of uh, date in, like, I believe the first third of the medieval times. Um, Seriously, I think it is 480p, though. It's terrible. Looks like I'm a classic Mario game. It's like 8-bit. But, uh... I'm practicing. I mean, it's not really a practice. It's just kind of fun to have it. But uh, as of this morning, we have begun talks. Begun talks. Nothing official of putting this show on app TV. So it would be like the uh, the morning app that we have three days a week, 8 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday, where they go on air on the radio, do it like a radio show. Uh, but there are also cameras in the room and a producer and they put it in as interesting of a way as possible on the television. So that's a that's a pretty exciting and fun thing to think about. I don't think I have too much TV in my future. I'm pursuing radio as hard as you probably could possibly do it in this day and age. But I'm definitely open to some visual things on the side in the future. So this can only help. And I have a theater in the background, so it's not like I'm freaked out about having a camera around me. Certainly not freaked out about talking into a microphone to the millions. And by the millions, I mean, try to count the cars in the parking lot right now. I don't know, 30 people at the rec center. But uh, it's it's an exciting thing. And so I thought I would let the whole world know about it. Because the it, it would be fun, though. The TV station, App TV, is only available... On standard TV in the Boone area, I believe, but it can be streamed online. So if this becomes a legitimate thing, I will definitely give more information on that. So you can see my gorgeous face uh, in something better, more high definition than early medieval technology. Look at that, I got an email. Okay. Watauga Democrat, everything I... I need to start going off of just the Watauga Democrat. You know what I should do? I should start a parody... Call it the, uh, I'm not even going to say it. Yes, I am. The Watauga Republican. And uh, and then I can start like the Watauga Green and the, uh, I'm just going to stop there. Okay. Bypassing Boone. Thomas Sherrill. Another fantastic article, local. Daniel Boone Parkway included in the in a re- recent draft 
of the NCDOT project plan. This isn't just like a little local idea. We're talking about the North Carolina Department of Transportation putting this in an official document. Planning for the future. The article says, The long-considered Daniel Boone Parkway project that would bypass Boone, think of Radiator Springs, Cars 1, would bypass Boone could be one step closer to reality. With 41 million, almost 42 million dollars allocated uh, for right-of-way and utility work in 2028 and 2029. This is uh, stats as of a, a recent draft recent draft listing future North Carolina Department of Transportation projects. So as of right now, 42 million dollar project these prices always go up good grief so this this is big time 42 million that's uh that's some cash from the state of north carolina back in the day this county and uh or the ash county and uh where jefferson is i don't know what county that is maybe that's the county i don't know uh we were known as the uh, the the lost counties or something like that, because like the state just didn't care that we existed. Well, they're considering a forty-two million dollar bypass. So uh, we'll think a little bit more uh, around the corner about what this could possibly entail. Would it be a Radiator Springs type event? It's, uh, there's, there's some pictures online. It's literally like a half loop around me. Pretty far down. I'm loopy. Support College Talk Radio on WASU. More at loopyradio.com. I'm loopy. So we're we're talking and thinking about the possible. It's not official. It is a possible bypass of Boone. Uh, you know there have been big road changes in the area over the years, and to my knowledge, they've only helped. This town wouldn't work if old four twenty one was all there was as opposed to 421 that we know now. And I'm sure 321, yeah, 321 over by Blowing Rock, that area used to be deadly. It's still sketchy because that area gets icy and it gets foggy and it gets slippery and it's dark. But I remember when I was a kid, going up to Blowing Rock on 321 was just, it was outright dangerous. And speeding was just downright suicidal. But now they've spent a lot of money, and it's taken them 10 years, at least, to uh, really straighten out that area. 421, the road we know, the road I take uh, between here and Charlotte. I prefer the scenery over 321. 
it uh, it is not the 421 that used to be connecting Wilkesboro and Boone and West Jefferson. It's uh, it's very different. Every now and then you'll see signs for old 421 and you look and it's like a two lane, you know, one lane each way road that makes a lot of sharp corners. I don't want to see any big rigs on that road ever. And that's why they made 421 the way it is now. No sharp corners. Two lanes each direction. Well, they're thinking about another thing. If you ever go through downtown Boone, or if you're ever in the uh, the business district of Boone, by that I mean like over where the Walmart and Penn Station are, During rush hour, you know that traffic here sucks. But if you're here over the summer or over Christmas where the students aren't here and the town's population goes down by more than 50%, the roads are fine. Rush hour through downtown Boone still gets tedious, but it's nothing compared to when students are here. Well, they're considering, it's been long talked about, It's expensive. It'll be a big deal. You're talking about a lot of imminent domain buys for uh, land for this road. Those are never very fun. You're talking about a lot of construction. You're talking about building a fairly significant road through an area of forests, habitats for deer and bunnies, uh, in order to build a, you know, in order to build a road. So I wouldn't be surprised if App State made some sort of a thing against this road or someone from App State at minimum. You got to think, though, is this like a Radiator Springs thing from the movie Cars? Try to think of that in your mind, that scene, and think about could this turn into that? Here's what it is. $42 million project. NCDOT says the purpose of the project is to relieve congestion on US-421 and US-321 in Boone and to reduce the mixed traffic on King Street, improve linkage facilities, improve traffic flow along major facilities, and improve safety. I'm going to be honest. I've, I've strung this out. And I've asked a lot of questions. I'll just go ahead and say my opinion. I think this is a great idea. I think it is a great idea. Because they they point out it's to ease mixed traffic. This Boone Bypass is not going to deter tourism. It's not going to keep people from going into downtown Boone who are there for shopping. Or for hanging out. What it is going to do is it's going to make it so that that 18-wheeler doesn't have to drive through downtown Boone. That's what it's doing. And it's making it so that the people who are passing through Boone to go to Tennessee, or people coming from Tennessee, coming into North Carolina, it keeps those commuters from having to drive through the one lane each direction, five stoplight, downtown Boone. It'll reduce that traffic. And not only that, this bypass 
It's pretty big. It passes through Blowing Rock. So it starts on uh, 421 near Rocky Branch. Goes down uh, under Boone Golf Course uh, by Blowing Rock. And then it, uh, so that's where it hits 321. And then comes back up uh, onto 321 near Laurel Fork Road, if you know where that is. West, northwest of town. It's a substantial road. You will not hear road noise from this road when you're in downtown Boone. You will not know that it's there. Frankly, though, this this is not some small little uh, road project. We're talking about something major. But I don't think I don't think it would hurt the town. I think if anything, it'll make commutes shorter. It'll make traffic noise in downtown less. And you're not going to, like, deter people going to downtown Boone. Because if someone wants to go to downtown Boone for going there, it doesn't matter what roads they take. This is for the people who aren't going through downtown Boone. I think it's a great idea. I'm Luke I think this whole bypass thing really needs a, a, a good bit of thought. But I don't know how much control anyone in Boone has over this. The projected Daniel Boone Expressway or bypass or what's the other word for it? I don't know. Parkway. is an, uh, it's, If you're just tuning in, it's an idea that it's not really an idea. It's more like something that's going to go into a plan uh, within the next 20 years probably without a doubt. And it would take 421, bring a uh, high-capacity road from 421 uh, near the uh, connection with West Jefferson, pull it down to Blowing Rock, and then up to the west, northwest of Boone, near a, uh, just down the mountain from a location called Almost Heaven, which is next to Rich Mountain. So, you know, the... The idea that I always get is like the Radiator Springs idea where it's like, is this going to turn into where Boone loses a ton of money? I don't think so. I think if anything, it's only going to help. It's going to ease congestion. It's going to take big rigs off the road in downtown. Make commutes shorter. If you're someone who lives out of town, this expressway might save you like 15 minutes of your commute each way. That's 30 minutes of your day. Because a lot of, uh, you know, students, we're used to living basically in town. A few people live kind of out in the hills. Uh, But they're still close. A lot of people who actually live here, and especially a lot of faculty, commute a decent way. I know faculty members that live in Tennessee. I know faculty members who live almost near Hickory. I know faculty members who live near Wilkesboro. They live down the mountain. They don't live near Boone. They're somewhere else. They just commute here. This is where the school is. So this expressway 
can save a ton of time. But what it, what it's really for is speeding up the trip from 421 to Blowing Rock. Speeding up the trip from Blowing Rock to areas west of Boone. And speeding up the trip between west of Boone, which is Tennessee area, over toward uh, 421 near uh, West Jefferson and Wilkesboro. Because the main, the main road that goes east to west goes straight through downtown Boone, which is one lane each way, stop signs, stop lights, pedestrians, tourists, people trying to park on the side of the road. During rush hour, it's madness. I always regret it when I get in my car during rush hour because I'm on college time. I don't, I don't think about, you know, oh, man, it's 5 o'clock. To me, I'm thinking it's 5 o'clock. Well, actually, this semester I'm thinking it's 5 o'clock. I have a class. Why am I not in class? <laughs> Project is uh, $42 million projected. It is in a 10-year plan. So uh, finishing off this uh, subject, in the NCDOT document, it says projects scheduled in the first five years of a plan are considered committed and are not reevaluated. The Daniel Boone Bypass is not in the first five years of this project. It says projects in the final five years of the 10-year plan for North Carolina are prioritized again along with suggested new projects. So if they figure something else is more worth it in the next five years, this project could get bumped. But if, uh, if in five years from now... They project that this is uh, a thing in the five-year plan as opposed to the latter part of the 10-year plan. Then uh, you can basically call it official that it's going to happen. You can find this on the Watauga Democrats website. It's got a good image of where this road is going to go. Uh, it's got to go through some mountains. They're either going to be tunneling or doing some serious landscaping. Also gets fairly close to Blue Ridge Parkway over near uh, Wilson Ridge. If it happens, though, it's not going to happen for a while. They're looking at uh, 2028, 2029 for even like financial aspects of this. And then it's going to obviously take some time in order to finish it. I am from Charlotte, and uh, they're expanding a much-needed... Uh, I-77 north of town. It has needed to be expanded for about 30 years, and they just haven't gotten around to it until somewhat recently. They have made the horrible mistake of making it a toll road. There's another thing that they might start thinking about for this road. Should the Daniel Boone Express be a toll road? Because it's it's probably I, I'd imagine it's gonna be two lanes each direction. So during rush hour it might still get a decent amount of people. The state might decide, hey, we can profit off of people who pay to use this express road. I would say people of Boone, try everything you can if that idea starts getting thrown around, try everything you can to keep that from becoming a reality. Toll roads stink. 
especially for a, a town of our size here in Denver. Unless some road is like super revolutionary, but can't hold too many people, don't don't put a toll on. It. That's just gonna bug people. People will still use it, but everyone's gonna hate it. I'm Loopy. I'm Loopy. I just read uh, something on my phone here. If you stumble across a Ferrari 250 GTO for a decent price, um, it's probably not real. Uh, it's probably a fake. Ferrari 250 GTO, it's a classic Ferrari race car. It is now worth more money than its weight in gold. Yeah. When it was new in 1960, what would that be, 1964 possibly? Or 1965, it was worth $150,000 in today's money. $150,000 when it was new. That's not bad for a uh, for a Ferrari. Today, well, kind of, last year, in 2018, this $150,000 car was sold for $70 million. It is worth more than its weight in gold. If you gave the owner of that car gold that weighs the same as the car itself, you'd still owe them money. $70 million for a car. That's too, that's too valuable to drive. It's too valuable to touch. It's too valuable to own. It's too valuable to buy. So, uh, yeah, good luck. If uh, if that's one of your aspirations is to own that type of Ferrari, then um, good luck. Speaking of money, uh, Jeff Bezos, world's most richest man, uh, owner and CEO and founder of Amazon. You might have heard of them. He is actually getting divorced, and uh, as it stands, the two are, are going to get equal possessions. So he will no longer be the world's richest man, but what we will get out of the situation is the world's richest woman. She will become by far the wealthiest woman in the world. She'll have something like $69 billion. So that's not too bad. Turns out Bezos has been pursuing uh, an actress for about a year. And finally, they've decided to make it official and call it quits. Leaving with uh, 60, $69 billion, uh, I mean, it could be far worse. A, a divorce could go down uh, much worse than that, I feel like. Here's something that um, I didn't uh, know this was the name for this. More Boone news. There's so much Boone news this week. I've finally gotten to the end of it. Hobby Lobby, by the way, open. I've covered them a lot. Ben and Jerry's open. Uh, here's the thing. If you're on King Street going into downtown Boone, uh, there's a part where they've been doing construction. You're not in downtown yet, 
you're uh, you're getting there. You just past the Daniel Boone Inn, going toward downtown, and on the right side is a hill that had two pretty old, beat up looking white houses that had parking, unbelievably. But they were boarded up and they looked pretty bad. They finally tore them down. The official name for this is King and College. And uh, this article says uh, the King and College completion is delayed until summer 2020. So we're going to have an ugly view there on that bit of the road for another year. A year and a bit. Summer 2020. Here's what they're putting there on uh, King and College. Instead of two old houses, they were actually decent-sized houses, by the way. But instead of those, we're going to get a a four-story, 64-bedroom complex, basically. Located on, uh, the address will be 302 West King Street. Completion's looking like it's uh, scheduled for July of 2020. The development will consist of two buildings with a parking area accessible from West King Street. And it says it'll be concealed between them. In the lower uh, mixed-used space, the bottom floor will consist of commercial, as required by Boone ordinances. Uh, It is uh, said that a chiropractor, Ryan Woods, he will occupy a third of that bottom level for his practice. The rest of the uh, ground level is going to be parking. The upper three floors will be residential. So I guess that's going to be kind of like this, the Beasley Media Complex. One third of the ground covered area is the lobby. Uh, There's only nothing to do in there other than um, get on the elevator or get on the stairs. And then the rest is parking. So I guess that's what this is going to look like. It says it's going to be concealed, though. I don't think it's going to be 100% concealed if it's going to be uh, two-thirds of that area. Unless this guy's chiropractor is going to be like the width of the building but barely any depth to only be a third of the size. But man, 64 bedrooms. I uh, I wonder if they're going to have parking available for... There's no way. They're not going to have 64 parking spots under that. There's, that's just not possible. So I wonder who's going to have the privilege of parking there. And where are you going to park if you're visiting this chiropractor? That's another good question to ask. I guess time will tell. Nevertheless, it will not be done until 2020, summer of 2020. All right, we just got a little bit left here. Loopy Radio one-year anniversary. Still baby. I'm Loopy. I'm Loopy. I think I'm going to talk about this a little bit more uh, in the future. But I'll I'll get us started on with this now. People are freaking out. It's another Apple thing, but I think finally they've given in and have made a proper decision. 
But uh, Apple users being Apple users, they are freaking out. And now if you're just finding this out, you're going to freak out too. This was published uh, yesterday. It says uh, it's time to change your iPhone charging cables again, all capitals, again, exclamation point. Apple set to replace its current hardware with a USB-C connection favored by Android. This is good for everybody. So you can freak out this one last time about having to buy another $30 Apple cord for your phone. Once you get a new phone, of course, which by then will cost like two grand because they're just going to keep pushing up their price. The article says Apple has already moved uh, the iPad Pro to this USB-C. USB as in the normal USB you've heard of and then dash C. It's just a certain type of USB. It's the newest type, fast, small, all that good stuff. Efficient. Says the change, if implemented, would render all current Apple chargers for future iPhones useless. That uh, wasn't worded very well. It should say, render all Apple chargers f- useless for future iPhones. So your current lightning cable or whatever, or if you're even older than that, that's not going to work for Apple products of the future that use USB-C. The good thing is that once Apple switches to USB-C, really everything is going to be on USB-C. So that's not going to hurt anybody. It's going to help everybody. It means if you see a cable for sale, you don't need to check, is this for Apple or is this for Android? You can say, oh good, that's a charging cable, I can use it. And that also makes it so that Good charging cables for either side can be sold to everybody. There's no side anymore. Literally, there's nothing bad about this, but I've read so many articles online of Apple users just flipping out over this. It's okay. It's okay. USB-C is a friend. It is funny, though. Apple has been revolutionary for a few things. For some things. And then when they put out a new phone, every now and then there's something that uh, nobody else has. That's what you'd expect from a company with a huge budget. But if you think about it, like the best screen Apple puts on a phone, Apple doesn't produce. They can't. They actually buy the screens from Samsung. The arch, arch nemesis for the American market. They're finally switching to USB-C. It is right now the year 2019. The USB-C was launched in 2014. They're five years late to the party. And they're only talking about it now. They've only done it for the iPad Pro, which is... I don't know what makes the iPad Pro so much better than a normal iPad. But uh, it has a USB-C. We're, we're basically five years in. And uh, Apple's finally given in. I wonder what the decision for that was. Because they, they do. It's part of their deal. Is uh, they make it 
so that if you have an Apple product, it easily links with another Apple product. That sounds all good. But uh, the problem with it is that only Apple products work together. So you're screwed if you uh, if you have something else. And then so they can charge their own price for their stuff because they know you have to buy it. So finally, they're developing products that use cords that are uh, usable with everything. I wonder what the decision was for that. Because once they switch to USB-C, there's really no reason to pay, you know, whatever, 30 bucks for a, for an Apple cord. I'll touch, a, I'll touch on it a little more. I'll research it a bit more for next week. But there we go. That's a full-length show. Essentially three hours of loopiness. I'll be back next week. We're going to figure out this TV thing. I'll let you know on any updates as we go along. Until then, I'm Loopy.